Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. We're talking about stretch. We're talking about uh, the capacity to increase our faith, the opportunity to stretch beyond what we've seen, where we've been, what we've experienced. We learned in the first week that if we're not careful, our experiences will become our new normal. Our trials, our tests, our tragedies, they'll become our normal mode of operation. We will always reduce our lives to our most recent pressure. That's what that means. Do not be conformed to the world. When you conform to something, you uh, reduce your life and your thinking, your expectation down to that pressure. We all learn to get comfortable with trial because expecting means opportunity for risk. Expecting means opportunity for disappointment. Expecting means that I'm getting out there, stepping out there, believing out there. And we all need to be in places in our life where everything fails if his word doesn't come to pass. But that's a scary place to be. You know, it's a lot easier when you have your finger on the pulse of it, right? It's a lot easier when you have control of it. And some people would rather have suffering with control than blessing without control. At least in the wilderness, I can control. But I get into that promised land, that's a scary place. Because in the promised land, I'm just a grasshopper. In the promised land, there's fortified cities. At least in the wilderness, I've got control. And people learn to live down to their ailments, even to the point that we saw the people of Israel live down to their ailments so badly that Egypt became more desirable than Canaan. And so this is the natural digression of things, that if you just get comfortable in its natural state, in its current state, you will eventually desire it to be even worse than it is now. And I'll be honest with you, you haven't even taken a step of faith if Egypt doesn't start looking good. If you don't start having a desire, you know what? It was better when I had those people in my life. It was better uh, when I was still struggling with that. You know, you, you start seeing the highlights of slavery and all of a sudden you forget about the, the taskmaster's whips on your back. That's when you know you're really stepping out in faith. That's when you really know that you're getting into a place that, man, if, if, if God, if you don't show up, this, thing, this whole thing's going under. And so what happens is, is we reduce our lives as we covered in the first week to that barren mindset, that barrenness. And so then when God starts speaking, he says, stretch out your tents, stretch out your curtains, stretch out the tent pegs, well, that becomes a little more challenging because it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty comfortable right here. This is a safe space. It's predictable. We love predictable, don't we? That's why a lot of churches don't allow or like to allow the Holy Spirit to move because they feel they lose the predictability of matters. But you have to understand that your predictability is your bondage. Your predictability is your chain. Your predictability is what's keeping you from experiencing the great things that God has in store. And the great blessing demands great faith. That's why Jesus was so amazed at the uh, centurion that said, hey, you don't even need to come to my house. Just speak the word only. And what did he say? Man, I haven't found faith like this in all of Israel. And it came from a Gentile even. Didn't even come from a covenant person. It was just a person that understood authority that was willing to put his faith in a place. I've never seen you do that before, but I believe you can. 
I just believe in the power of your word. I just believe in your ability. And so the enemy wants to lower the bar and he wants to uh, uh, lower the impact and he wants to reduce what God can do in your life or what God will do in your life based on your past expectation. And you need to stop allowing your past experience to inform your future expectation. Stop allowing your past experience to inform your future expectation. We always come up with disclaimers. I mean, we have a whole book here full of miracles. Some of the craziest miracles that you, you've never heard of miracles like you've heard in this Bible. There's no history book that contains the, the, the dynamic supernatural work of the mighty God greater than this book right here. And that's why we need to have ourselves in the word. And that's why we need to have the word in us because at the end of the day, this is showing you what's possible. With man, it's impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. And we have a book full of, full of it. We learn these things as children. We learn that uh, uh, a Red Sea can part wide open, that water can come out of a rock, that we learn that, that, that birds can bring food we learn that you can be thrown into a fire and come out not even smelling like smoke. We learn that you can walk on water. We learn that Jesus healed all kinds of sickness and disease. We learn these, these amazing miracles, these amazing feats of the, rate of the reality, of the supernatural impacting the reality, impacting the natural. But then we have our disclaimers of why it can't happen to us, why it can't happen for us. Oh, we try. Well, I've tried everything else. I guess I'll try that too. Now we need to stretch our thinking. Everyone say stretch. Stretch our thinking. And so we've talked the last two weeks. Last week, we talked about the renewed imagination. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. What can you imagine? And he says, I'll do far exceedingly, far above, beyond what you can think or imagine. So the enemy knows if I can limit them in their thinking, it'll limit their believing. And if I can limit their believing, then you won't see it come to pass. And then we live with, well, if I see it, I'll believe it. And God says, well, if you would believe it, you would see it. Amen. The enemy's always attempting to lower and reduce our level of thinking, our level of living, our level of expecting. And we're learning to challenge that through this series. In Matthew chapter 14, in Matthew chapter 14, everyone say, get out of the boat. So you already know where I'm going today, right? Going to Matthew 14, we're going to learn how to walk on water. Learn how to walk on water. It's an uncomfortable place to be, isn't it? It's an uncomfortable place to be. I mean, you're not supposed to walk on water. That's defying the odds. That's defying the natural means of things. That's, the, that, that's, that's going completely against what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to operate. But this is what we're talking about. Stretching beyond. Stretching beyond. And so now that we've addressed the barren mindset, now that we have addressed the renewed imagination, now we need to learn to put steps of action to our thinking and our believing. And this is where the rubber meets the road. You may have enjoyed the first two messages, but they won't do anything for you if we don't get the application and the steps, the practical stepping out of things, stepping out beyond things. The rubber meets the road, right here, getting out of the boat. Everyone say, get out of the boat. So I hope that you'll hang with me. I know your stomachs are already starting to taste that Thanksgiving food, right? I hope that you've got great plans. We don't have a midweek service uh, this Wednesday. No morning prayer, no midweek service. So I'm going to make up for all of it today. I'm going to hold you till about 3 o'clock. That's all right. I still get my, my time in. I'm playing, I'm playing. 
We'll, we'll have you out. That's all I can promise. I'll have you out. I make no promises of when. I try that and it doesn't work. We'll just let the Holy Spirit, maybe if I don't say anything, Y'all are stretching your imagination right now, 30 minutes. I believe he can go 30 minutes. I'm I'm imagining him finishing in 30 minutes. We'll see. And just remember, men, women are known to live longer by gaining a few more inches than the men who mention it. So, Just remember that as you're eating more food. Don't say nothing. Just keep it to ourselves. Some of y'all are just getting it right now. Stretch your thinking. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples, everyone say disciples, get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. I've pointed this out before, but I think it's worth noting. Notice that there are two people groups mentioned in this verse. There's disciples and there's crowds. He sent the disciples, but he dismissed the crowds. And first thing you need to know about all this stretch business, all this faith business, all this imagination stuff that we're talking about, believing big, thinking big, stretching our faith. The first thing you need to know is it's not automatic. But disciples get sent into things. Disciples get stretched beyond. The crowds are dismissed. The crowds stay home. The crowds stay in comfort. The crowds stay where things are convenient. The crowds stay where things are predictable. The crowds stay in places where it makes sense. The crowds stay in a place where it doesn't require a lot of uh, uh, responsibility or, or uh, 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 responsibility on my part. The crowds stay on the shore where it feels good. But the disciples get in the boat and the disciples get sent. The disciples listen to the voice of the Father. The, the disciples obey the command <clears throat> to go. The disciples... <clears throat> The disciples are sent into the storm. And it says in verse 23, after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. And meanwhile, meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land. Uh Uh-oh. Battered by the waves. Oh, how, how hard was I coughing? My gosh. Brought like the... All right, Pastor Mark is up there struggling. Get him the massive one. Where did you even find this? I, got, I have a little one sitting right there on the... <laughs> yes. I'll take... We'll see. Y'all were like... You said, I said I was ending up in 30 minutes. All right, we got him water to last for the three o'clock time frame he gave us. Amen. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Here's what you need to know about stretching your thinking. If you're going to stretch your thinking, if you're going to stretch your imagination, if you're going to stretch your expectation, expect to be in situations that will stretch you. I mean, what's the point of stretching your thinking if you're gonna remain in comfort? What's the point of believing big if you're gonna stay idly by watching as a spectator? What's the point of, of stretching and using big faith and using our faith to believe beyond what we've ever seen, what we've ever experienced? Again, the enemy wants you to lower your expectation. But if you're going to stretch your thinking, expect opportunities to use it. If you want a renewed imagination like we talked about last week, expect opportunities. 
You don't stretch your thinking to avoid trials. You stretch your thinking to endure trials. Understand that the pressure comes with obedience. Persecution comes because you followed the word. Challenge arises because you chose to step out. The storms show up because I didn't stay on the shore. I got in the boat to go to the other side, to answer the call. Disciples get sent to the other side. Crowds just sit on the shore in comfort and convenience. So, you know, let's not confuse a a lack of opposition as the idea that everything must be going right. Because sometimes a lack of challenge means you've failed to step out somewhere. If we're just coasting through, you know what, everything's just, I'm not talking about just in seasons and, 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 and you know, there's valley moments and there's mountaintop, but I'm, I'm talking about if you are never really facing, you know, a, a trial that is coming into your life as a result of stepping out, it, it may be an indicator that we're not applying our faith to the fullest. It may be an indicator that we haven't quite taken the steps that he's asked us to take. So, I mean, it was a stretch just for them to come off the shore. It was a stretch for them to get in the boat, to just be obedient in that regard. And so verse 25, um, let me read verse 24 again. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land. And have you ever noticed that too? The trial doesn't show up until you step out. You know, I mean, I get it. There, there's as, as much preparation as you want to involve in your life, in your life as proactive as you want to be, um, as, uh, you know, as you want to have the boxes checked and the things in order. The Bible tells us that you, you should count the cost before going to war. You don't build a city until you know what it's going to cost and what. So you need, to, you need to be doing that. I'm not talking about just casually, just obeying the Lord, reckless, you know, with just reckless abandon, and then we'll just face whatever comes. You need to have a preparation in your heart that there's things coming. That I'm expecting that there may be trial or there may be challenges we're going to face, and we're going to navigate those as they come by the Holy Spirit. But when you step out, that's when the devil starts waking up. When you step out, that's when the challenges start showing up. When you step out, that's when uh, uh, anything to come and counteract your step of obedience wants to start challenging to find out, do you really have faith? Do you really believe? Are you really trusting God in that moment? with that situation, with that business he's asked you to start, with that family he's asked you to believe for, with, with, with that healing in your body, whatever that is, whatever this stretch looks like for you. Because faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. You, we say this all the time. It's the testing of our faith that produces patience. It's the testing of our faith. Faith is designed to weather the storm. Faith is designed to endure you through. Faith is designed, come on, faith is not uh, 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 passive. Faith is not weak. Faith is not, uh, you know, as long as everything goes our way, I can believe God. Faith will meet a challenge head on. Faith will, will answer the questions. Faith will continue pursuing in the face of the lies, in face of the questions, in face of the concerns, in face of the anxieties. You choose faith over fear. You choose faith over anxiety. You choose faith over doubting. You choose faith in those moments. I mean, what good is faith if you never have to apply it? Faith is meant to be applied. I like to talk about faith as a muscle. Everybody in this room has muscles. You have muscles in your body, but everybody in this room has developed them to greater or lesser degrees. Not everybody has developed 
their muscles. And muscles that don't get used properly, efficiently, consistently, they're not gonna show up when you need them. That's what training is all about. That's what stretching is needed, is necessary for. You wanna stretch the muscle of faith so that when you need it, you can use it. You wanna be stretching that muscle. Don't wait for the test to all of a sudden start building the faith. You need to know him on the shore so that when you get in the boat in the middle of the storm, you've already got a trust and a confidence and a reliance built up within you. I don't need to be discovering who God is in the storm. I need to find out who he is on the shore. I need to be spending time with him on the shore. I need to be doing life with him daily in the good times, in those comfort times, in those times where everything's going well. But then when he stepped, when he asked you to speak out or, or step out, when he asked you to, to do the stretching, get out, get off the shore and into the boat, you need to be able to respond to that. But if you don't know, if you never discovered who he was on the shore, you're gonna have a hard time finding out who he is on the boat. Because as they're setting out, as they're some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them, verse 25 says, Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, it says they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. See, this is the problem when you don't, when you don't spend the appropriate time becoming acquainted with him on the shore. you won't recognize him in the storm, right? You know, we talk about the presence of God and he is omnipresent, amen? He's everywhere all the time. And so really what we're saying when we say, you know, Lord, we want your presence, Lord, we seek your presence, you're not literally asking him to show up because he's there. What you are saying though is I want to be made aware of your presence. I need to know you're here. I need to, to know that you're with me. I need to know and I'm being made aware because what good is his presence if you're not aware of it? What good is his presence if, you're not, if you don't recognize it? What good is his presence if we're not familiar with it, well acquainted with it? We've been talking on Wednesdays uh, now for several weeks on intimacy, intimacy with the Father. What does that closeness look like? What does that relationship look like? What are the, and, and, and so in those moments where things are going well, those aren't the times to back off of devotion. Those aren't the times to back away from knowing his word and hearing his voice. Those aren't the, you ought to be pressing in those moments just as much as you, but how many of us only go to God, only cry out to Jesus when everything's falling apart? And even if he did show up, we wouldn't know it. Even if he did speak, I'm not, I haven't tuned my ear to his voice. I haven't become familiar enough with his voice. And there's nothing like a good crisis to reveal how things really are. Isn't that right? I mean, you don't know. You don't know how much faith you have until it's needed. You don't know how well you know his voice until he starts speaking in the midst of a challenge or a crisis until faith start until until fear starts crying louder than his voice you don't know you don't know what's really in in you until it's tested until it's challenged until it's pulled on all of us need a good crisis in our life <laughs> we all need something to challenge and to make us aware 
of where we're at, aware of our faith, aware of a strengthening. You don't want to stay there. We don't live in crisis, but you will go through it. You will endure it. And it shows up when you're already some distance from land. It'll show up when it's too late to turn back, but yet we're not close enough to our destination. It shows up when you're in the middle. It shows up in the least expected moments. It shows up when, when I've already taken a step of faith to get this far, and now here comes a crisis. Here comes a challenge, and I'm sitting in the middle of this thing, nowhere to turn but to Jesus. And so Jesus shows up, and they were terrified. But verse 27 says, immediately Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now, Jesus is showing up on the water in the middle of the sea, in the middle of a storm on the sea. Like, it's one thing just to be in the middle of the water, but he's in the middle of the water, in the middle of a storm, showing up to them. Jesus can show up in any crisis you're in. It doesn't matter how bad it's gotten. It doesn't matter how far it looks like you've wandered. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what the conditions are around you. God, Jesus doesn't need perfect conditions to show up in your life. He'll show up in the storm. He'll show up when you're emotional. He'll show up when you're anxious. He'll show up when you're fearful. He'll show up when you're worried. He'll show up when you're being met with challenge. He'll show up when you've got all the questions. He'll show up when the doubt's rising. He'll show up, but how will you respond is the question. And if you don't know him, you'll look at Jesus and think it's a ghost. He says, have courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. So verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter answered, command me to come to you on the water. What a statement to make. What a statement to make. He says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Do we do that? Peter recognized something about Jesus in this moment. What you need from God in a moment of crisis is not just deliverance. It's not just for the showers to be turned off and the wind to subside and and, and the, the boat to just come to a nice calm still. What you need in a moment of crisis is you need a word from heaven. You need a word from God. It was a word from God that got him in the situation in the first place. Go to the other side. It was a word of God. See, what, 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 what this does is it postures you for surrender and yieldedness in obedience to what he says. He could have said, Lord, if it's you, turn the rain off. We've already seen him do this before. Six chapters earlier is Matthew chapter eight. You know what happened in Matthew chapter eight? They were in pretty much the same predicament, except Jesus was actually in the boat with them that time. But what was Jesus doing? Sleeping. Should have already learned our lesson. When the storm's raging, maybe we just take a nap. I mean, they are in the middle of the night. They are in the middle of the night. But this time Jesus isn't with them. You know what else they could have learned to do from Matthew chapter eight? Step out on that boat and say what? Peace, be still. Right? You've you've got, you have stuff in your past experiences that will inform you of what to do in this situation. He showed you what to do last time. He told you what to do last time. 
And even in that moment, when he got up and said, peace be still, if you go back to that account, afterward, he turned to his disciples and said, why are you of little faith? Meaning you could have done something about this. Or at the very least, you could have believed me to do something about this. Amen. And so now they're finding themselves in a very similar predicament. And Peter recognizes something in this moment. He says, I need a word from God. I don't just need a blessing. I, just, I don't just need deliverance. I don't just need uh, an encounter. I need a word. See, encounters will only get you so far. Emotional moments will only do so much. Church services like this, where the power of God is available. But man, when you're in a crisis, you need a word from God. And when you're in a moment of crisis, the greatest thing you could be searching for, looking for to become yielded to and surrendered to is his word. Get a word from God to see you through. Get a word from God. Get a word from heaven. When you're in crisis, I, when I'm in crisis, I need a word. I should have my, my hearing even more attentive, even more in tune. I'm seeking the command of God. Now, if you don't hear a word, what do you do? Somebody said it. Do the last thing you heard. Amen. Do the last thing you heard. You think Jesus knew that there was a storm that they were gonna encounter on this lake? Absolutely. You think Jesus knew what he was sending them into? You think he was sending them to their grave? You think he was sending them to their demise? You think he was sending them to, to... of course not. He knew you've got enough in you to get to the other side. You need to know that today. You've got enough in you to get to the other side. You've got enough. If you didn't get another word, if you didn't hear another thing, you've got enough in you. By obeying the last word you heard, that's enough to get you to the other side until he speaks another word, until he says another thing. And so Peter says, if it is you, Command me, I know. How do I know the voice of Jesus? Because I know his commands. I know how to be obedient. I know how to be surrendered to what he's speaking to me. So if it's you, command me to come out on the water. And Jesus said, what? Verse 29, he said, come. One word. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water. That's what you call a stretch. And it was already enough of a stretch to get off the shore into the boat. It's like what I showed y'all last week when I told you to raise your hand as high as you could and y'all did this. And then I said, okay, stretch it some more. And you went like this. Jesus knows how to stretch us. Jesus knows the necessary stretching you need the necessary amount of, uh, amount of extension that you need to reach what he has for you. And so Peter takes an additional step, one more than the other disciples that are still in the boat. He says, I will come out on the water. Jesus says, come and on one word, and this is what you need to know, is Peter did not step out on water Peter stepped out on the word. Without the word, there's no step. Without the word, there's nothing to obey. Without the word, there's nothing to surrender to. Without the word, there's nothing to yield to. But because he said, come, Peter now had something to step out on. He wasn't putting his faith in the water. He was putting his faith in the word, come. And if he says, come, then that water must be able to sustain me. If he said, come out to him, then I must be able to step out on whatever condition, in whatever environment, in whatever's going on, and he will sustain me. And the water was not holding up Peter. His obedience by faith in God's word is what sustained him and held him up on the water. 
And everybody else can look around and say, how is he still going? How is he making it? And anybody else could try it and they would fail. But because you obeyed God at his word, because you surrendered and you yielded to his command, command me to come out and Jesus says, come. And now he's got a four letter word to step out. Now he's got something to to supplant his faith in. If you're just putting your faith in an experience, if you're just putting your faith in what worked for them, so it must work for me, it's not gonna happen that way. You need a word from God. And one word, one word can sustain you. One word can keep you. It's not even a big word. It's a simple word, come. And Peter does what? He steps out. Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. I'm telling you, if you only knew the word and what the word could do in your life, you wouldn't stay in that boat anymore. You wouldn't wouldn't hesitate one bit to step out. If you knew what that word could produce, if you knew what that word could do, but you gotta know his voice. What did Jesus say in John chapter 10? He said, my sheep, Know my voice. And when I call them out, they come. When I call them out, they follow. The voice of a stranger, they will not follow. But my voice, the shepherd's voice, they will follow. I can call them out by name and they will come. And you do not want to get into a stretch season of life. Unfamiliar or unaware of his voice because that's what's gonna sustain you. That's what's gonna sustain you. The water's not gonna hold you up. Don't look at what you're stepping out on. Look at the one who called you out. Look at the word that he, and if he gave you the word, you keep the word in front of you. You keep the word in front of you. He's given you a word to endure through something. He's given you a word to overcome something. He's given you a word to see through to the other side. You stay on his word because you're gonna be met with every challenge. I remember when uh, uh, I, I, I left my hometown of Fort Worth, Texas, moved to St. Augustine, Florida to uh, uh, help someone that I had only met one time previous, plant a church, start a church. And Pastor Earl made it very clear with me and all of us You are not here because I called you. You are not here because I asked you to come. You are not here because I reached out to you. You are here because the Holy Spirit told you, go to St. Augustine and help plant this church. Because when the challenge comes, if you think I'm the one that called you, come on, so we put our faith in the wrong And then we wonder why we're wavy. Because you put your faith on the water. Because you put your faith in what someone said. Because you put your faith in, in, well, I saw them do this exact thing and it worked for them. So this is must, there's no formula to this thing. It's obey the voice of the Lord. Surrender and yield to the voice of the Lord. It's father command me and I'll step out. It's uncomfortable, it's inconvenient, it doesn't make sense. I don't like the feeling of it, but you call me out and I will obey and I will obey to the fullest. Joshua and Caleb knew the wilderness was, that was a boat. It was a boat that would sustain him up to a certain point. But if you really wanna get to know the voice of God, and if you really want to be in full alignment with his voice, let him call you out into places that are beyond your comfort. Let him call you out into places that don't make any sense. Let him call you out into places that almost seem like the opposite thing to do. Get in a place where people look at you and say, are you sure? Get in some situations where people start talking you back to the shore. 
You know, life was better on the shore. Life was better in Egypt. Let him call you into places where there's giants in the land. Let him call you into places that have fortified cities. Let him call you into places. Do not resist the calling and the beckoning of the Lord when he's calling you out beyond. And you think, well, God, it was just, it was a stretch in my mind just to get off the shore in the boat. And he's saying, I want to stretch you a little further. I've got more I want to prove. There's, I got more I want to show you. But verse 30 says this. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. A lot of fear going on in this passage. Fear cripples. Fear paralyzes. You ever notice that? When someone, I mean, it's literally a saying, they're paralyzed in fear. When you become fearful, you become immobile. Nothing will move you. Nothing will get you to take that step. Fear locks you up. Fear is bondage. You should never allow fear in your life on any level. I don't care how small the seed is. We say no fear. Say no fear. We do not allow fear to operate in our minds, in our lives, in any degree. I fear nothing. Because fear will, you'll freeze up. And it's your advancement that's keeping you. It's your steps that are sustaining you. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I read this story and I'm like, what was, what, what was Peter even thinking? Like, where does, where does this end? So you walk out to Jesus. Oh yeah, it really is you. All right, now what? We're out on the water. There's still a storm going on. Like, it just seems like such a, a deterrent. It seems like such a, you know, a distraction. Even it's like, why are we even playing this game? Get in the boat and come stop this storm, man. What are we doing out here? Why are we playing this game? But Peter was learning something in that moment. Peter was learning something in that crisis. Peter was discovering something about Jesus that we hadn't seen before. This is called stretching. He's being stretched in this moment. But it says, but it says as soon as he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. So what's this tell us? This tells us that when you're in the stretch, you better take hold of your focus. You better take hold of your focus. What are you looking at? What you yield your focus to, you eventually follow. What you yield your attention to, eventually begins to dictate your responses. When you're in a stretch season, that is a season where you need to be at, at the highest focus, highest attention. You, you are so laser focused on what the goal is, on what you are trying to uh, 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 obtain, what you're trying to reach. And man, the enemy loves to throw. He, there, will, there will be no shortage of distractions that will arrive in your life. It's amazing how, uh, 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 how little distraction there is on the shore. But the moment you start stepping out, you start hearing all kinds of voices. You start becoming extremely aware of your insecurities. You start becoming extremely aware of your deficiencies. You start becoming extremely aware. I'm in a place where I am, I, I, I am not comfortable. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know how to respond to this. I don't even know what the next step is. It's not until you get off the shore and get out of the boat that these things start showing up. And now he diverts his attention from Jesus and from the command, come out on the water. And he starts looking around. The moment you said in your heart, 
This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm stretching. This is what I'm believing for. All of a sudden, it, it, you, you, you start becoming uh, very aware of everything that contradicts the step of faith that he's calling you to. This is what crisis will do. This is what stretching will do. He says it, it says that he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. In verse 31, it says immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. He's looking for a stretch from you. He's looking for us to stretch our faith, stretch our thinking, stretch our expectation. But here's what I know. When I get in a situation where I feel like I can't go on, I can't endure, or I even feel like I'm beginning to fail, what's the first thing he does? He'll reach out. He had to at least be close enough to Jesus that Jesus could reach out his hand and save him in that moment. You're not on the water because you chose to get on the water. You're not in the middle of that storm because you decided that was the place you needed. You obeyed a command from the Father. And when you obey a command, he's always within reach to save you. He's always within reach. Why? Because they yielded to his voice. Many times we find ourselves out of reach or out of touch because we weren't in a position of obedience in the first place. The obedience and the yieldedness and the surrender puts you in the proximity that says Jesus can just simply reach into your life. Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you of little faith. That's what you wanna hear. I mean, just kick a dog while he's down, man. You have little faith. What's, well, what is he trying to show him? He said, it's your faith. He's trying to keep the attention and the focus on one thing. It was your faith that got you out here. It's your faith that will endure. It's your faith. Because guess what? We still got to get back to the boat. If you walked out here, we still got to walk back. If you believe to get this far, you can believe me to get back. He said, I need you believing. It's the same situation with Jairus and his daughter. Uh, when when uh, Jairus, uh, his servants came to him while Jesus was healing the woman with the issue of blood and the, the servants came to Jairus and they said, don't bother the master any longer. She's dead. Jesus said, man, you believe me to get this far. I need you to believe me the rest of the way. Do not be afraid, only believe. That was the command that Jesus gave. I need your faith locked in right now. When you're in a stretch season or a stretch moment, you need your faith locked in and it's been challenged, it's been battered, it's been beaten, it's been rained on, but I need your faith intact right in this moment. This moment's gonna demand that your faith remains. It demands when, he, when the son of man returns, will he find faith in the earth? Will he find those that have endured in faith? Some of us had enough faith to step out, but did you have enough faith to get back to the boat? You had enough faith to take the step once, but will you have enough faith to believe that he can get you all the way through? It's not as much of a criticism that says, you have little faith, as it is a strengthening that says, there's more, there's more. Don't let your faith wane now. Don't let your faith get silent now. Don't let your faith be reduced now. Why? Because in the moments of failure, that's when your faith feels the weakest. It's in the moments of failure. Don't bother the master anymore. She's dead. One of the most efficient workouts there is is when you work out to failure. If you're not familiar with that, it's you lift until you can lift no more. But it pushes your muscles to their absolute maximum capacity. 
And it doesn't matter how much weight is on that bar. It could be just the bar. And you look like you're straining with all, and, and somebody just walking in, you're thinking, that poor guy. But you don't, you don't know what I did to get here. You, you, you didn't see what I was lifting to get to this point. This is more of Jesus standing over Peter saying, I need you to push with all your might to get back. And I'm gonna be here to assist. I'm gonna hear up, 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 up. Go, 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 go. Push, push, push. You got this, you got this, you got this. Because in that moment of the faith feeling weakened, it's only in a weakened state like that because you have exerted as much energy and as much effort toward surrendering to my word, obeying my voice, heeding my word. You've pushed, you've pushed, you pushed. And I'm letting you know there's a little more to go. Don't doubt at this point. Don't give up at this point. Don't give in at this point. I, you had faith to get out here. Have faith to get back. Have faith to get through. Have faith to see it all the way to the end. Because that's what happens when you're in a stretch season, man. You are using maximum effort. I've walked with people when they're using maximum effort. I have spotted those. Anybody ever needed a faith spotter in your life? Man, I, I've got this bar and man, I just, I don't have it. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. I don't need someone to just yank it up off of me. Help me push this thing all the way through. Help me get this thing. Why? Because in the process, your faith is being strengthened. The testing of your faith is producing a strengthening of your faith. We talked about muscles earlier. There's no muscles in here that are developed if you haven't tested them in some way. It does not work. Dormant muscles don't just automatically get strong. Dormant muscles don't just automatically get bigger. Dormant muscles don't automatically increase in the amount of weight they can push around. It's a pushing and a pushing and a stretching and a stretching and a building and a, and a building. And actually when you're working out, what you're doing is you're tearing down the muscle so that it grows back even stronger than it was before. And some of us are resisting those tearing down moments because we don't wanna be in a posture where it looks like we have weak Faith, little faith. You're pulling that, but man, you've pushed, you've pushed, you pushed. Just some of us look at people straining and you don't know what they got through to get to the point where they're straining the way that they are. You don't know the believing that they've endured just to stand where they are. You don't know what it took for them just to come down to this altar. You don't know what it took for them just to keep saying, I believe he's gonna come through. I, believe, I don't see a way. I don't know how. I don't wanna hear that negative report. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm believing by faith. And you see them straining. You don't know what it took for them just to get in that moment. What it took someone just to walk through these doors again what it took for them just to believe again. That barren mindset we've talked about, it, it doesn't just go away. We saw last week, you've got to cast down every imagination. Well, that's work. You've got to bring it under subjection to the word of Christ. That's work. There's an enduring that's got to take place. It says in verse 32, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those in the boat worshiped him and said, truly you are the son of God. Worship team, if you'd come. Truly you are the son of God. You know, we always tend to focus on the fight focus on the effort, focus on what it takes to receive a miracle, to believe God, to see us through. But guys, really the main reason why these things are operating in, their in our lives, Jesus even said this with Lazarus. He said, this sickness will not be unto death but it will be ultimately for the purpose of glorifying the Son of God. 
If you could see the bigger picture, it's not just about the storm ceasing. It's not just about you getting to the other side. It's not just about you growing and encouraging and building your faith. It's not just about, it's about glorifying the Father. It's about glorifying Jesus. It's about glorifying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he is being glorified through your stretching. He's being glorified. In, in, in just a few short weeks, December 3rd, we're gonna receive our stretch offering. That's what this is all about. To glorify the King to glorify the one that has given us everything we have. Everything I have belongs to him. Everything I have comes from him. And whatever he asks me to release, we're gonna take that step of faith. We're gonna get out of the boat. We're gonna believe beyond. It's about expansion. It's about stretching. It's about doing something you've never done. What do they say? If you wanna see something you've never seen, you gotta be willing to do something you've never done. You can have growth or you can have comfort, but you cannot have both. And whatever the natural application of faith that God is asking you to do in this season, in any season that comes up, when he's stretching you, get a word from God. Yield and surrender to it. And then keep your eyes focused on that word. He said, come. He said, go. He said, give. He said, so. He said, obey. He said, lay hands. He said, believe for. He said, start the business. He said, start the family. He said, do this. He said, whatever he says, you obey. Yielded, surrender. But it's much more than just seeing a miracle in your life. It's much more than just showing up on the other side. It's much more than just having your faith strengthened. It's seeing the king glorified. It's seeing the king glorified. Oh, Father, we seek to glorify you in all that we do. May our stretching, may our increasing, may our expanding here as a church at Anchor Faith Church, may it bring glory to you. This is not about the glory of man. This is not about the glory of a church. This is not about the glory and the operation. Uh, we say your kingdom come and we say your will be done. We say your plans, your purposes, your pursuits be as real on earth as they are in heaven. We yield to the stretching. We yield to the increasing. We yield to stretch our expectation beyond where we've ever believed or expected before. We get out of our comfort zones. We believe bigger. We, leave, we believe greater. We believe much further than we've ever believed before. We refuse to stay in the boat. We refuse to stay inside small thinking. We refuse and we reject the words that say, don't do it. You know what's out there. It's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It might fail. It may not work. He might not come through. We reject any thinking that contradicts the bold steps of faith that you have called us to. Because you will be glorified. Jesus as king will be lifted up. The land that was slain before the foundations of the world will draw all men to repentance. Will draw all men to his kingdom that the lost will be found, that the blind will see, that the deaf will hear, that the dead will rise to life again. This is why we believe. This is why we stretch to see your kingdom come to Valdosta, to see your kingdom come, your purpose is done in our communities as they are in heaven. We believe that together. We stretch together. We expand together. We increase together by faith in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You believe that with me today? We're gonna stretch because there's so much more God wants to reach. There's so much more. I refuse small thinking. 
I refuse small mindsets that keep us limited, keep us bound, keep us in fear. We're stretching beyond, amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.